Driving along California State Route 371, just east of the town of Anza, you barely notice where the road goes over a dip before heading into the forested hills above. Except the bump marks the spot where Southern California's next big one is likely to occur. The area is known as the Anza Gap, a 12-mile portion of the San Jacinto Fault Zone which runs through this otherwise quiet mountain community, best known for a nearby casino and a scenic route for music fans making their annual drive to Indio in April for the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival. Historically, since Europeans have been keeping records in the Golden State, the San Jacinto Fault has been one of the most active in Southern California. San Jacinto is a fault zone with so many faults in it with different names, like the uh, Superstition Hills Fault and all. That southern part of the San Jacinto Fault, Borrego Springs, El Centro region, they've been having lots of large earthquakes, just 6.8s, 7.1s. Those things have been popping off 1968, 1987. Big enough that everybody in San Diego feels them, but not big enough to cause any problems in San Diego. And up till now, there hasn't been that much development out near them. That's Dr. Pat Abbott, professor emeritus at the geology department at San Diego State University. He and many other geologists believe the San Jacinto seems to be relieving some of the pressure of the creeping San Andreas Fault to the east, and that the San Andreas itself may be transferring its weight load to the more active San Jacinto Fault. One day, the San Jacinto may become the recognized route to the San Andreas system through Southern California. According to Dr. Abbott, the southern San Andreas hasn't had a major earthquake in over 300 years, in part because it's hung up at Tejon Pass, and large earthquakes have been noticeably absent while pressure builds. If we look at the San Andreas Fault as a whole, the northern third, that's the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, where the ground moved horizontally 20 feet. If we look at the central third of the San Andreas Fault, that's the 1857 Fort Tejon earthquake where in the southern Great Valley, the land surface moved as much as 30 feet offset horizontally. Now, if we come down to the southern third, our third, coming across Cajon Pass, through San Bernardino city limits, past Palm Springs, on down to the Salton Sea, that has not moved in historic time. The last big earthquake on the southern San Andreas was around the year 1690. Is it unreasonable to suggest that we might be a little bit overdue down here? So while moderate quakes have been regularly shaking the San Jacinto, including the 1987 Superstition Hills earthquake, the Anza Gap of the San Jacinto Fault has been historically even ominously quiet, even as the overall San Jacinto serves as that release valve for pressure transferred to it from its bigger brother, the San Andreas. Earthquakes on this segment of the fault could be in the neighborhood of a magnitude 6.5 or 7, that according to Caltech seismologist Dr. Carrie C. And if that were the case, the effects on northern San Diego County and Temecula could be significant. Buildings have frequencies. Well, if you visualize a one-story house, it doesn't take three seconds to go from side to side. It's going to do that in a tenth of a second. But if you take a downtown skyscraper, say, if you take a 20-story building, that might have a frequency of two seconds, and a two-second seismic wave can make that building shake big time. Those would be the buildings that would resonate. The building would get in tune with the seismic waves, same periods of shaking. And those are the ones when the person who's working in that tall building comes home and describes how horrifying the earthquake was to the person who stayed at home. It's going to be like two different people talking to each other because they will have felt two very different intensities of shaking. Not everybody feels the same earthquake. Of course, the San Jacinto isn't the only fault in Southern California. Like swells lining up offshore on their way into the beach, California's faults, especially south of Los Angeles, similarly line up like swells from east to west. The San Andreas and the San Jacinto, 
as well as the Elsinore Fault near Julian, which becomes the Newport Inglewood Fault in Orange County and Long Beach, and the Rose Canyon Fault. In fact, as Dr. Abbott notes, the Rose Canyon Fault's proximity to the San Diego shoreline offers the motorist along I-5 the opportunity to see faulting features typical of Southern California from their car. But be forewarned, you may never look at the coast south of Los Angeles quite the same way ever again. Visualize La Jolla Parkway there where the road's east-west and the land on the west side, the ocean side, pushing against that bend and squeezing up. How about if you just took a sheet of paper between your hands and you started pushing it? One part will start warping up. That could be Mount Soledad. But if you keep squeezing it, what happens? You get a down warp as well? Well, you do have a down warp there. It's filled with the ocean. It's called Mission Bay. And if you keep squeezing even farther, here comes up something else again. We call it Point Loma. So the coastal topography of San Diego that's so you know charming, part of the aesthetics, part of what makes the region so neat, Mount Soledad, Mission Bay, Point Loma, San Diego Bay, they are all caused by the Rose Canyon Fault. And when I say caused, I don't mean it past tense because they are all being lifted up and or dropped down respectively. In other words, the fault is still active and the land is still rising and sinking under the pressures created by the moving fault, even though we haven't had a major earthquake in San Diego in historic times. Let's just keep driving northward up through the L.A. Basin, Interstate 405, and you look to the west, you'll see, oh, there's Signal Hill, there's Dominguez Hill, Rosecrans Hill. Exact same thing as Mount Soledad. The same fault has the same kinds of bends and squeezes up these hills. Only one of them in San Diego, and they have half a dozen in the Los Angeles region. And when it comes to predicting earthquakes, it's not really a realistic expectation. Like stretching a rubber band or taking a dinner plate and applying force to break it in half, you know the rubber band or the plate will eventually give. You can see and even feel the force being applied. But the exact second of release? As Dr. Abbott says... If you can figure that out, we can all retire. And you know the way us geologists like to say things. We say, that earthquake might occur tonight. (laughs) It might not be for another 150 years. We know what is going to happen. We just can't give you the timing kind of thing. We're used to it with the weatherman, but earthquakes are inherently unpredictable. Hopefully some stroke of genius will occur and somebody will figure it out. We'll we'll have short-term earthquake warning. But as it stands right now, we have no ability to do short-term warnings even though we can tell you almost exactly what's going to happen, just not when. And so the strain and stress keeps building on California's faults. While the San Andreas north of Tejon Pass and the Grapevine creeps in a somewhat regular manner, with locales like Parkfield and Monterey County becoming known for their quake regularity, in other areas and along other faults, like along the Anza Gap on the San Jacinto Fault, everything remains very still and very quiet. But with all the science at our disposal, we know the pressure is being applied, just as it is on a rubber band being stretched or a dinner plate under pressure. It's definitely part of what keeps living in California so exciting. Those little bumps in the night, or those odd, out-of-the-norm bumps on a road in what appears to be the middle of nowhere. In Anza, Riverside County, I'm Tommy Howe, KBZT News.